Hello to all my listeners and welcome back to the podcast. And we are still busy with Ghosts of Sussex. And today we are doing chapter 19, The Restless Spirits of Battle. And remember, this book was written by Judy Middleton. And if you're interested to know what the front cover of the book looks like, or what the book looks like, you can see a picture of it on my website at www.cryptzone.co.za. So let's get into the story. The Restless Spirit of Battle It is the one date which everyone knows, 1066, the Battle of Hastings. To stand on the tower terrace at Battle Abbey and look down over the green fields, it is hard to visualize the long drawn out battle between 14,000 combatants which took place here. This is especially true in early summer when trees and grass are a fresh green and the buttercups wave in the breeze. Nevertheless, there is a tradition that the ground still weeps blood. It is not as preposterous as it sounds, because there is iron in the soil, and after a heavy downpour, streaks of red can appear. The Anglo-Saxon army under King Harold was drawn up on the ridge by the grey apple tree, as the old chronicles tell us, while William the Conqueror's army occupied lower ground. The battle started at 9am on October the 14th and continued until dusk. The English were in a strong position and remained solid despite the repeated charges from William's forces. The latter feigned a retreat which did lure some of the English down from their height in hot pursuit, but the rest remained unmovable until the light began to fade. King Harold's two brothers, Gareth and Leovine, had already been killed in the fighting, but the final blow did not fall until William ordered his archers to fire high. A chance arrow struck Harold in the eye. The earliest source for the arrow story is the Bayou Tapestry, and some historians maintain that he was not killed by an arrow at all, but was cut down by Norman's sword. What seems most probable is that Harold was disabled by the arrow, and before anything could be done, some Norman knight broke through his house corals and killed him. The next day two priests from Waltham Abbey searched the battlefield for Harold's body, but they had to report they were unable to find it. Then Harold's mistress, Edith, went in search of her lover's body and found it. She had his body buried at a sacred place near Hastings. Some say that the ghost of King Harold lingers on at battle traversing the ridge or standing motionless gazing down the valley as he did on the October morning watching the Normans forming up. Some say he has even been seen reenacting the dreadful moment when he was struck by the arrow but the anti-arrow faction tend to dismiss this out of hand. It would be interesting to know whether William the Conqueror overheard stories about Harold's ghost. At any rate he ordered an abbey to be built on the battlefield in about 1070, with the high altar site over the spot where Harold was killed. Today the spot is marked with a simple stone slab, which is almost invisible under the shadow of the nearby tree. 
1972, near the chapter house, a young boy noticed a man holding a long sword and asked his father about him. But nobody else could see the man. If it was the ghost of a Norman knight, he might have been one of the leaders as a sword was a sign of prestige as well as a weapon. From examples which have survived, it can be estimated that a blade of a Norman sword would probably have measured 90 centimeters in length. As might be expected, the ghost of a monk has been seen. He was spotted one evening gliding along the pavement towards the gateway of the abbey. Perhaps he was one of the final monks who, with their abbot, were given their marching orders during the desolation of the monasteries. It was on May 27, 1538, that the abbot surrendered Battle Abbey and the estate went to Sir Anthony Brown, Henry VIII's Master of Horse. The abbey was pulled down straight away, but part of the monastic building were left including the abbot's house, the gateway and the outer wall. There are two other ghosts connected with the abbot's house. One is a lady in red, whose footsteps and rustling dress have been heard on the stairs, while a lady of grey has been seen going along the corridor leading to the abbot's house. The latter must have been some impediment when she was alive because her footsteps sound painful, as though she were limping. One could imagine an aged housekeeper going on her nightly rounds to check that everything is in order. Though she might be a member of the Brown family, who continued to own Battle Abbey until 1715, or she might belong to the Webster family, who owned it subsequently. Augustus Hare tell of another ghost, but perhaps she has ceased to haunt as nobody else makes a mention of her. His story concerns Lady Webster, who came to stay at Battle Abbey not long after her marriage. One night she was settled comfortably in a four-poster bed when someone drew back the curtains. Looking up, she saw an old woman of terrifying appearance gazing at her. The old woman continued her inspection for a few moments before she turned and left the room. She was so solid looking that Lady Webster concluded she must be some aged family retainer. Seconds after the apparition had left, her husband entered the room and she asked him at once who that dreadful old woman was. He had seen nobody and if she had been a person of flesh and blood, he would have seen her in the passage outside. So Lady Webster revised her opinion and fell sure she had seen a ghost. Even in old age, she could clearly remember the details of the old woman's dress. Well, up to there. Thank you very much for listening, guys. And thank you very much for your support. And uh, we'll come back again with chapter number 20, which will be Haunted Churches next week. Be safe and enjoy whatever you are doing.